1: We're not lucky we chose to be on God's team. We are blessed that God invites us and allows us to be on His team in spite of the fact we have absolutely nothing to contribute.
0: I'm sorry if this is a bit of a distraction, but I was just reminded, as Pastor Layton shared that thought, of a message by an old friend of mine, Bob Benson. He was allowed to be on a baseball team, but he really didn't have anything to contribute. They put him out in the field playing pigtail, which is the fourth outfielder just wandering around. Perhaps that's a little like our relationship with God. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse and a look into the Beatitudes, an ongoing look into the Beatitudes with Pastor Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us.
1: I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles, open them to chapter 5 in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. You know, a few weeks back we concluded a mini-series on the Lord's Prayer, and, and we noticed that there was a certain subject that was referenced not once, but twice. Now we believe that the Word of God is important, that means that everything in it is important. That's why we study, we want to know what it says, what it means, and how it applies. When God's Word says something more than once, it's very, very important. And we find this subject mentioned in the Lord's Prayer not once but twice, the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. So it's very, very important we know about the kingdom. Matthew's gospel presents Jesus as the king, and scholars have described the Sermon on the Mount as being the manifesto of the king, of King Jesus. And the Sermon on the Mount begins with a portion of Scripture we call the Beatitudes one of the first things we notice about the principles that Jesus has is that they're completely upside down compared to the world. Uh, A worldly beatitude would go something more like this. Blessed are the rich for they have it all now. Blessed are the happy for they are content with themselves and they don't need others. And blessed are the arrogant for people will humbly serve them. Jesus' values are completely upside down compared to the world. Or If you're looking at things the way God sees them, it's not God who's upside down. It's the world that's upside down. Which is why it's so important for us to develop a biblical worldview. That we look at the world through the lens of the Bible. That we look at the world the way God sees the world. And the only way that can happen is with with the renewing of our minds. Because ever since we were little children, we have been conditioned to think like the world. And only by immersing ourselves in the Word of God can we think like God wants us to think and have a biblical worldview. The Beatitudes calls God's people to stand out, to be a peculiar people, and promises that those who do so will be blessed. So the question is, is do we want to live a life that's blessed? And I think the reason we're here is because we do. So let's listen to what Jesus has to say about the blessed life. We're in chapter 5, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him so this message is even though he's surrounded by crowds this this message is for his disciples and he opened his mouth and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied blessed are the merciful but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now when we first began our study of the Sermon on the Mount a couple of weeks back we, we studied the introduction in the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. And we realize that word poor means destitute, it means having absolutely nothing. And there are people who come to God and and they come with a, an attitude, is something like this, you know, God, aren't you lucky I chose to be on your team? And they may not actually say that, but that's the attitude that they have. No, uh, we're not lucky we chose to be on God's team. We are blessed that God invites us and allows us to be on His team in spite of the fact we have absolutely nothing to contribute. Amen. We have nothing to bring. We are destitute. There are some people who do not understand how spiritually destitute we we are, and they still want to play like they can negotiate with God. God, if you do this, I'll do this. No, 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 no. When we come to God, we are poor in spirit. We are spiritually destitute. And then when we met last, we studied Beatitudes 2 through 7. And today we're going to study the last Beatitude. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the connection is quite simply this. When we live lives that exhibit the Beatitudes 1 through 7, we are inevitably going to experience persecution. The Bible says true disciples of Christ are going to be persecuted. It's a natural consequence of exhibiting Christ's character in our living. Now, we in America, we really haven't experienced persecution to the degree that other Christians have experienced it in the history of the world and in other places around our globe today that are not Western or Christian in their foundations. But we're beginning to experience more and more persecution, particularly in politics and business. So it's important that we understand what Christ has to say about this. The early Christians understood persecution. The Apostle Peter refers to this beatitude twice in his first epistle, In 1 Peter chapter 3 he says, if you suffer for what is right, you are blessed. And then in chapter 4 he says, if you were insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. Not only the Apostle Peter, but the Apostle Paul endured persecution and he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And in Philippians chapter 1 He wrote, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. And then to the church in Thessalonica, he wrote, you know quite well that we were destined for them, speaking of trials, in fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. So our focus today is on persecution. So that is an introduction, let's study this passage verse by verse beginning at verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven is the same promise that was made in the first beatitude. The first beatitude and the eighth beatitude have the same promise. Those who study literature call this an inclusio or an, an envelope saying that everything between the first beatitude and the eighth beatitude has to do with the kingdom of heaven. But we find that the beatitudes are only one part of the Sermon on the Mount and the entire Sermon on the Mount has to do with the kingdom of heaven. Now the next verse verse 11 begins with the familiar words blessed are but it is, appears to be an expansion of this eighth beatitude and in verse 11 it switches from third person to second person. It switches from blessed are they or blessed are those to blessed are you. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. So when we endeavor to pursue righteousness it's going to elicit opposition. And the Beatitudes make it very clear that a Christian is not intended to live the life of a hermit, that we're engaged in society. Because in order for us to be merciful and to be peacemakers, we have to be engaged in society. And when we're engaged in society, there's going to be a cost involved. Now the first readers, like readers today, would probably respond in surprise at what Matthew's suggesting because it's never pleasant to be persecuted. In the history of the world, there's been a lot of persecution for a lot of reasons. Persecution, uh, in general, is is put on any person who isn't just going with the flow, who who holds beliefs or activities that are contrary to the establishment. But Jesus here isn't talking about persecution in general. He's talking about persecution for the sake of righteousness. People might suffer from doing evil, but that's not persecution, that's punishment for doing evil. And and perhaps no other beatitude has been so misunderstood and misapplied as this one. That's why it's so important that we need to understand the heart of this teaching lies in the phrase, because of righteousness. And the parallel phrase, because of me. Jesus is not saying blessed are those who are persecuted in general, he's saying blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake and because of their association with me. Now the question then begs, well, why is this persecution inevitable? And Jesus provides the answer in John chapter 15. He said, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. You remember I, what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master? Since they persecuted me, naturally they're going to persecute you. If they'd listened to me, they would listen to you. Now they will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. So Jesus Christ came into the world, he was rejected because of being righteous. The world hated him. See, the world up to that point was kind of comfortable living lives that were filled with dishonesty, hypocrisy, lying, pride, and so forth. But when Jesus came, those sinful behaviors were exposed for what they are.
0: The Word of God is so consistent, isn't it? Every time you read it, you get something just a little bit different out of it. I have gone through the Beatitudes so many times in my life, and yet, listening to Pastor Layton, I'm hearing fresh thoughts. This is Study Verse by Verse. It's an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Pastor Leighton Sheely is the senior pastor there. It's an outreach that is supported by the congregation in part and by you in part, the listener. If you'd like to contribute, go to the website studyversebyverse.com. Share your thoughts as well. We'd love to hear from you. And the website for the church, Church of the Highlands, is highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day. Come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God to the fifth chapter in the book of Matthew and study verse by verse.